and you're listening to the Sully Show, the best podcast ever in America. The Shuli Show. I'm Frank Dow. You're listening to the Shuli Show. Welcome, everybody. The Shuli Show. Bulgaria. Hello. How's it going? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Shuli Show. I am honored to to have some brothers, band of brothers right here, roasting bros. Uh, me and Earl are Eskimo bros, but that's a whole nother show we're going to do another time. <laughs> uh, the great uh, Tyler Morrison up there in the Nature Boy hat and Mr. Earl Skakel right here. Uh, two roast legends, if I may, and Kamala. Hey, thanks for having us, man. What's happening, Tyler? Uh, so this this was a wild, wild weekend. The Ric Flair roast. Uh, that's mm-hmm. why I asked you guys on because uh, you know I've been replaying stuff in my mind on the drive home the next day, uh, and just like a lot of the moments were like, did that really happen? Like, was that for real? Um, <laughs> what were what were your thoughts when you got contacted to do the roast? First of all, uh, I'll go to you, Tyler. Oh my God! Like. So Paige Megan, he's a good buddy of mine. Um, and as you guys know him, he hit me up and was like, "Listen, I got a lead on the flare roast. Like we, you know, cross your fingers, but it's looking good." And he's like, "I'm talking to the guys at uh, Starcast and uh, Enthusio. Like, so he's like, we're we're in the mix here. We're in the conversation. So." I'm like, all right, well, this is, you know, I'll send you anything you need to kind of move the needle on it. And next thing you know, it probably took about a, d- a day to get the confirmation. I was at like a, a Canada Day party up here with some friends and I was just waiting for it to unfold. And it was just I was getting the play by play back and forth from him. And um, well, there's a, there's a lot of waiting for Canada Day in general. Right. Even when <laughs> you don't have a call you're waiting on. It's a pretty chill holiday. Yeah. Um, Earl, uh, I understand they didn't contact you. You just kicked in the door and said, I'm doing it. Is that true or false? (laughs) I might be the reason Tyler got on the roast because uh, I called Paige and said, you got to get me on this roast. And he's like, do you want to ride on it? I'm like, I'm not a rider. I'm a performer. I I just want to be on it. And uh, Paige is an animal. He literally called me back an hour later, said, you're on it. Uh, and I'm going to get Tyler on it too. And I'm like, great. Because uh, I, I just assumed they would get like more known roasters. Right. Uh, on it, which I think is a mistake always on a show. It's like, we need big names. It's like, no, you need people who are good roasters. They yeah. care about it. That are going to put in the work. Because some guys at a certain point, they just think it's show up and go up. And they don't, you know, manufacture a set that's going to, they're not looking to, uh, <laughs> To perform big, like they, they don't need to make it. They're already well, there. And I think another factor is that they're not fans of the person or the product, right? Like mm-hmm. all of us are super nerds uh, when it comes to wrestling. That is something we've loved since we were little. And and much to my wife's dismay, we haven't uh, shaken that off yet. But so, <laughs> so the reality of like... Hey, do you want to do this? And inside, we're fucking jumping all over the walls, man. We can't wait to do it. Uh, but, but at the same time, you know, you have to be a pro and be cool and be like, let me check my schedule. Let me see if I got an opening that weekend. I'll get back to you. And then you do a cartwheel through the house naked. Yeah. Yeah. It's the game. No, it was, it was, you know, obviously to, to guys who are wrestling fans, the flare roast is like the Super Bowl of roasts. And it was really um, just huge to be able to be part of something where, with a guy who's iconic. Is, is it and, safe to say that a Vince McMahon roast is the top of the food chain? I mean, that would be the number one. I think flare is above Hogan. I would go McMahon, flare, Hogan as like the top three roasts you could do in wrestling, I think. McMahon, I don't think he's as beloved as Flair though, and and Hogan. Those guys, like <laughs> McMahon, was always a straight up heel, and he's yeah. you know. But there's a lot of meat on the bone now, so it'll obviously never happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, McMahon, McMahon's another guy who lived the gimmick, right? He's like mm-hmm. <laughs> heel on screen and off. But right. I think I think Flair and Hogan. Sorry, Earl. I think that they kind of command a different type of fandom. Mm. 
But I also think it's a regional thing. Like Flair in the South, I think, is much bigger than Hogan. And Hogan, you know, worldwide might be the bigger name just right. because of the WWE's reach. Right. I mean, it's not like NWA and, and early WCW had, you know, this grand national appeal. But uh, in terms of events, I mean, we were given a list of two topics to not roast about. I can imagine with Vince, it would be 28. Yeah, yeah. It would, and it would change two minutes before we step on stage, too. 28, <laughs> they're all names of women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't use any dollar figures while, while roasting. <laughs> not, the roast would literally be three minutes. It really would. It, we would all be Bully Ray. What can we say bad about this man? Let's just uh, <laughs> say what an angel he is. Good night, everybody. Uh, well, you know, so we get involved with like for me, I got involved with writing at first. I didn't, I didn't know that I was going to roast. So I just started writing Tyler, you were writing. Uh, and, and when I say writing that we're writing for non roasters, for celebrities, for the other wrestlers, helping mm -hmm. them out, giving them some jokes. So, you know, they don't go up there and bomb. Right. Uh, because this is a live roast. This is different. Than, yeah. Yeah. This is, this is a whole new ball game. You're going to see someone bomb in a live roast for sure. I mean, and, I, yeah, <laughs> no, go ahead. But I mean, when I uh, worked with Dr. Ken on the Baldwin roast, that was mm -hmm. taped and, you know, every roaster fucked up one yep. or several of their jokes and they, they did a redo. And so I think what we were doing and even the people who bombed on this roast, uh, it was a hundred times harder because there was no redos. And, and yeah. I feel like the redo kind of takes the, uh, I don't know, the energy out of it. You know what I mean? Like it kind of fucks up the momentum a little bit, no? Oh, 100%. Yeah. So. yeah. A roast feels like it's like one shot. You got one shot to do it and and you want to deliver clean, you know? Right. But, but yeah, when there's, a, when there's a redo, it's not going to have the same energy or excitement at all. Because it's the, the element of surprise is so important on the roast to hear a joke that you've never heard before. It's going to blow you up. And it's we got to react to these jokes on the stage, too. Yes. So for us to be up there faking it would be kind of, you know, weird. Right. And, and we're trying to make them look so they're not up there going, Ric Flair is so tan. And then they, and they go, line, you know, that's not a good mm -hmm. look at a roast, you know. Um, yeah. So you guys were all writing for a bunch of different people as well as writing for ourselves. Then we get closer and closer to the moment. How many times did you guys like revamp your list completely? Uh, like an episode of Monday Night Raw. How, how many times did you just throw it in the garbage and start from scratch? Zero. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know you're a perfectionist. I was talking to Tyler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I felt like uh, with my set, I had it early on to the point where I was like really happy with it. Yeah. And then I started working for the other people once I was like very comfortable with what I had. Yes. And then I was trying to get ahead of the work and get the other people their stuff so they could have some time to get comfortable with it. And I know the closer to a roast gets, the more dangerous I get with like, I just get in the zone and I'm coming up with my best jokes right up until the the time I'm walking on stage. But with this one, there was so many changes of people who were being added and taken away right. that it was really tough to uh, pin down the set. And then there was a couple um, off limits topics that were, you know, introduced a little bit closer to the show. So there's those jokes come out and then you're worried about, Oh, did I write jokes about these subjects for the people I'm writing for? Right. Gonna go through their thing and scrub it. And and I had people that I was writing for change their mind about where they're willing to go and who they're gonna target. And so all of a sudden now I'm writing their set for the second time. Well, and, and not only that, but like you're trying to mentally prepare to go up there and roast. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, now you have to stop doing that and go over and kind of coach and clean up and, and help polish uh somebody who doesn't roast so mm -hmm. your your focus is off what you're doing you're sitting there punching up scripts literally before you go on stage um you know i saw john moses do it i saw you guys doing it uh earl the the, the celebrities earl wrote for they came to him they were almost in tears They're like please help and earl just gave him double bird and walked out 
He's like, <laughs> you got yourself into this. Get yourself out. Now I gave them all inward jokes and said, this flies big at roast. <laughs> Do it. Go for it. And if it bombs, I never saw you. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I, I, like you and Tyler are so much more writers than I am. Writers and performers. I'm really a performer. So for me to have to write for three other people, like, it was tough because I was like, well, I got to save the best stuff for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's but, funny you say that because when we first, when I first started writing, like they asked me to write, I posted like fucking 30 jokes. And then three days later, they're like, you're on the roast. And I'm like, how, how do I not look like a Jew coming up to him going, can I have my jokes back? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. fuck, I, I, I wouldn't have burned those fuckers if, uh, you know. I'm with you. I, I writing is tough. Like, for but it is if you're not a writer. Like, you know, I'm like Kiss. Someone writes the songs, I sing them. Uh, right. You show up with the face paint. That's yeah, where you're at. I do. My friend was offering me a thousand dollars to dress up as Kamala, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you and Tyler are genius writers. Too. <laughs> I can't. I, I'm just picturing in my mind you sitting for a three-hour roast next to Bully Ray dressed as Kamala. Oh I don't God. think the roast was long enough, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the minute the co a comic comes up to the podium, you just look down your left, you just see the guy go, "Okay, wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up," and then yeah, I felt like that was early. They were early on the wrap-ups. Like I'm the they first were. guy. You were the first like, comic. Like, you were the first comic. They were wrapping you. Fuck, man. And, and you fucking came out to get like your opening shit was so crucial to that roast going as well as it did for as long as it did. It was eventually the wheels were going to fall off. It was just a given. It's it's too many people uh, and, and shockingly too many wrestlers going into business for themselves up there and doing whatever the hell they wanted to do. You got, yeah. you know, Bischoff doing a, a seven minute Manscape commercial up at the podium. <laughs> I uh, wrote that for him. Oh, I thought I was just going to say it was great. It was great. Yeah. I thought it was real. <laughs> so, then you got Bully Ray, who uh, just buried all of us with his baby face turn. Not a heel turn, baby face turn, where he holds up the jokes that, that John Moses has been working on with him for weeks and just goes, why would I want to say such awful things to this man? I'm not doing this and rips it in half. And all of us just look at each other like, what the fuck, dude? I yeah. Mean, just he tell threw, us that at the beginning. He threw the end of the roast under the bus because he opened up the door for everyone else to make it a love fest or like a Hall of Fame induction speech. And there's still comics that got to come up and be mean after that. And that wasn't fair, I think. he doesn't. But that's a guy who, first of all, doesn't understand comedy. So he doesn't realize what he's doing to John Moses. Right. He's doing it to save his own skin because he's, for whatever reason, not confident with this format. And, I mean, to expect, I think, these celebrities to be comfortable and to be good at this, I you're think we can't. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, you know, people I see, you know, they're shitting on some of the, the you know, roasters that were up there that, you know, didn't have a good night. But, you know, do this is the first time technically they've ever done stand-up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, how usually, great did you think Ty Domi was going to be up there? Like he, yeah. Was, and when, when did for, they say like, when, when you go up and do stand up for the first time, people are always like, Oh, it takes so much guts just to get up there. Well, they're not giving that to the roasters and it's a much less, I think, um, compassionate environment because the roast in itself is brutal. But yeah. then the people that are watching it are being just as brutal in terms of their critique critiques so and you're going up there for the first time trying something new in front of three thousand people it's not like an open mic yeah. where there's eight people sitting there and they're all comics and you know you whip your dick out earl i'm talking to you anyways <laughs> well i will say this about ty and uh, you know we're not friends i mean we're friends now but you know it's not like we're besties mm -hmm. uh the teleprompter froze on him yes. yeah so um and it messed up on tyler too uh yeah, so, uh, yeah it did it yeah. <laughs> I think what happened was some people submitted their jokes and in the translation uh, into the teleprompter machine, it, it was gargled words. So it just right. froze the machine. And that's what happened with Ty. And that Tyler's a pro. You know, yes. he's a comedy. We've all done comedy a very, very long time. Ty Domi, even though he's done a lot of public speaking, that ain't roasting. 
No. So, yeah. I don't think he did as bad as people think he did. No, I think, and it was also coming off the heels of me. Like there wasn't even like a, a host buffer between us. It was, it was, it was right after a comic. You know what I mean? And he, it was right after going right after a standup. So there's the immediate juxtaposition between someone who's a professional at, at this yeah. and someone who was doing it for the first time. And that's not an easy spot to go and it, just in general, but then to have the teleprompter mess up, um, that doesn't help. Like, cause it, it definitely for, it screwed up one of my jokes Yeah, and I was able to like, just recognize right away that the prompter, the, the punchline and the setups were switched. So like <laughs> uh, the setups of my jokes, had the punchlines of other jokes and I was like, uh Oh, here we go. Sounds like an, this sounds like an experimental New York show. We're going to do the punchlines first and then the setups guys in the dark. So Listen to up. expect Domi to bounce back from that. That's, I mean, he did, he, he did a good job. I think at the end of his set kind of um, he, he basically, I think he admitted that like, Hey, this is my first time doing this. And he kind of, you know, endeared himself a little bit to the, to the crowd, to the people started to understand. I was really worried that they were going to get um, doing the, the WWE Austin what chant. I heard a couple oh what's God. go out, and I was like, oh, no, this could go really bad. Yeah. And it didn't go there, fortunately. The pe- the fans in the audience were very um, respectful, I think, for the most part at the roast, and and that was, that was key because if it went there, I mean, these wrestling roasts, these fans can be – absolute animals what's up everybody <laughs> want to talk to you guys for a couple minutes about a very proud sponsor of the shoeless show i'm happy to be working with these guys and i'm thrilled that they're working with us i'm talking about rustic cuts now look let's not kid ourselves doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on who you voted for the price of meat's going sky high and it ain't coming back anytime soon and to be honest with you buying that stuff at the grocery store it's all crap How about some pure, corn-fed, Midwest, grade-A beef, baby? Well, welcome to Rustic Cuts. These guys are in the Midwest, locally raised natural beef. Seven million acres. The meat is aged 21 days before going straight to your table. Now, I've had other meat companies, delivery services. They claim this, they claim that. You get these small portions. And it's not all that. You sit there, you all look at each other and lie to yourself. Go, this is great. This is great. You better for what you paid for it. These guys legit have the best meat I've ever had in my mouth. College excluded. How about a 12-ounce New York steak? No, not your thing? How about a 14-ounce ribeye? That'll knock you on your ass. How about 8-ounce fillets? How about their hamburger patties? Bratwurst. They got bratwurst. They got jalapeno cheddar patties. They got ground beef you can make your own. It's some of the best meat you'll have right now. This is a family-operated business. The family are just great people. I've spent time with them. And here's the kicker. They are 100% fans. They support everything we do here. And we need to support them back right now. And you will benefit from this. Trust me. There hasn't been a single person who hasn't tried Rustic Cuts that hasn't emailed me and told me, Game Changer. All you got to do is go to rusticcutscb.com. Com. Rustic Cuts CB, like CBRadio.com. You put in promo code Shuli, S-H-U-L-I, you get 10% off, you get free shipping. They got packages, you can buy individual stuff, you don't have to go with the packages, That's the other places don't give you that offer. They got great prices and even better quality. So what do you got to lose? Give them a try. RusticCutsCB.com, promo code Shuli. I love these guys. You'll love them too. Give them a try. And we thank Rustic Cuts for supporting us. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of animals, joining us right now, uh, comedian extraordinaire, my friend and yours, Mr. John Moses, ladies and gentlemen, another roaster. Fellas. (laughs) What's up, champ? How are you? What's going on? Well, I I just wanted to announce that Ty Domi is going to be doing a live fight stories with us in Toronto. So that's why we're doing this PR job. Yeah, <laughs> deservedly so. I'm tweeting out a picture of me and him from the roast. Uh, he took a picture with her. I'm gonna go. I almost had to kick this guy's ass. I'm gonna put that he, out there and just see. He scared yeah. some jokes out of my set. I'll tell you that. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like when when I put my arm on the show, it's like I'm posing with an oak tree stump. It's like yeah. it's the most solid shit I've ever felt. 
I took a selfie with them, and the way I leaned in, we looked like a couple. (laughs) What were you saying, Earl? As soon as he started maybe not doing so well, I'm like, I have to address this ASAP. And I, yeah, so bad because he's a legend to me. Like, yeah, it's like it was the first thing I think I started with, and I felt awful doing it, but there's no mercy. (laughs) Well, and And he was a good sport. He was yes. a good sport. That's the key. Like he's laughing at all the jokes up there and still having a good time. And that's, I think that's the number one. The second someone starts getting angry, like, you know, letting their emotions come out. If they're not happy about jokes on the stage, everyone feels it. And uh, you know, you can, you can do a lot for your, I think for your public perception on a roast, if you're yeah. a celebrity or but pro it, athlete, but just right. having a good time. If I had that set and then I had to go up and sit in the front of the dais for the next two hours, you would start to see me slowly unwind and have a nervous <laughs> breakdown. <laughs> well, I was saying we're used to seeing our fellow comrades die a miserable death on stage. Where, right, right. Know, oh, how many times have you bombed? And like, you don't stick around. Uh, like, what, right. like, so it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not. To, you do, to be you do that, if you're an open micer. You, you go to the back of the room, you go, you get a beer, and you go, well, that was a hot set, huh? And then they're like, yeah. And all, all the other I, know open guys, are, I know guys who bomb, and they go and push merch. I mean, the ball's yeah. on these motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, There's some it's shameless people in this business, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think so, Earl? <laughs> I've never bombed. I don't know no, I know you haven't. When you do one day, it's going to rock your world. Uh, I hope it's on TV and high def. Fuck it all. <laughs> We can shake. My favorite line of the entire roast is uh, Mr. John Moses. And that was when uh, Bully Ray ripped up the jokes and John Moses goes, three weeks, three weeks I worked on that. That was my favorite line. <laughs> I know. Buddy, I could have I could at least cherry pick three out of there and put it back into my set, you know. Well, that's the thing with us is we're like, yeah, we're pissed that you that we worked all that time, but we're more pissed that those jokes are going nowhere now. They're just exactly. on the floor. Yeah. Exactly. I gave him a couple of ones that I really wanted to keep for myself, but I was like, ah, I gotta make this guy look good, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. I, well, I feel like Tori Wilson I wrote the best set for out of like the people I was working on because she was very engaged in like the process and yes. And, and was into it. And uh, then she made the decision like later, like closer to the roast that she didn't want to roast any of the other people just wanted to roast Rick. So I, I just said, Hey, oh, that's fine. But I'm writing for some other people. Is it okay if I bring these jokes back into the fold for the community? Right. And she was like, yeah, no problem. I took like a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, I was I was driving with my wife earlier and uh, she was talking to me about the roast and she's like, what was what was your uh, opening joke? And I and I told her the Brad Nestler pedophile joke that I opened with. And she's like, where do you go from there? And I realized, <laughs> yeah, maybe I should maybe I should have moved that down the list. And more Nestler jokes. <laughs> I said, I, I would, still would have, you know, because Conrad came up to me and he's, before the roast and he said, buddy, not all the jokes can be about Brad Nessler tonight. And I said, Conrad, they're not all about Brad Nessler. I said, there's a few. And I scattered them throughout the set. And and then I was talking to his wife, Megan, and, I, and he walked away. <laughs> the lie detector test said that that was a lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I say to Megan, I go, Megan, I feel bad that he's worried about this. And she's like, well, just do one then. And I go, no, I'm doing them all. I just feel bad that he's, uh, <laughs> yeah. that he's uncomfortable. Was worried or was it, was it Conrad that was worried? It was it was Steve. It was Conrad. It was every everybody envisioned this as him storming off the stage, right, in disgust. So did they know that we were all doing jokes like that though? Because no. I didn't get that memo. No, that was it, on the because call here's the why. Here's why. What the night before the roast, I'm up at the Airbnb with a bunch of people and Casio, the other comic on the show. And we're just kind of trying our shit out on people, just running it through, timing ourselves and <laughs> And and they loved the Nestler stuff like they were fu- granted the weed probably helped, but they were laughing their balls off. And a couple of these people the next day, they get down to the fairgrounds and, and the, running their any, yeah, any person they see is like, hey, you got to hear this. So, of course, one of them gets to Conrad and Conrad's like, what? Brad Nestler, CBS Sports, a pedophile. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> 
Oh, man. So I had a little bit of a talk at two, but I was going to stick to my guns because I said, you know, you, you got to make a mark here, right? You either, you either fucking go down in, in a blaze of glory or you fucking. That's it. Yeah. And we should explain. We should explain to the viewers, listeners that Brad that Nessler is, is not a pedophile. <laughs> not at, at all. all. Not at Brad all. Brad Nessler is one of like the most squeaky, clean, straight-laced dudes, and that's what. And we had no idea what to make fun of him about. So we, as a, a writing crew, we decided that every joke was going to be about right. him diddling kids. Yeah. Or, as a, as a or prank is this the Nessler. Hannibal moment? Yeah, the Hannibal. Right. Well, that's what I was saying. What if at one point <laughs> yeah. he just he just pulls oh. out a revolver of a revolver like Bud Dwyer <laughs> and just ends it on stage <laughs> in front of everybody. Good reference. Uh, good reference. Yeah, yeah. but he, he and and of course you know because they're like you need to talk to him before. I go. What do you think? I'm just gonna t-bone this guy at an intersection with these fucking jokes. Of course I'm gonna talk to him. And and I and I talked to him before the roast. And I go. Listen, <laughs> there's there's no dirt on you. Okay. I looked. You're fucking. You're a boy scout. So I had to make some crazy shit up about you tonight. Okay. <laughs> And he said, well, I bet you my wife would agree with what you and I go. Don't say that. Don't don't. Uh, <laughs> you don't know. I hope to God she doesn't. And he Little was did he know he was such a great him. sport. And I he, T-boned him. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. But yeah. And and uh, and his wife I met after the show, too. And they both were very nice. And he has obviously a great sense of humor. That guy was awesome. Stride. Yeah. yeah, that guy was awesome. He was laughing. He was laughing the hardest at, out of all that shit. So it was it was great. It was really cool to work with him, and he did a good job as the MC. Yes, moving that show along because it could have been real bad, and I wasn't sure how it was going to be. Again, he's a, I, I know he's a professional broadcaster, but he's not a comic, so there is that. You know what I mean? Like you need a little traffic cop in you to keep shit moving, right? Yeah, hold, go, move. You know, exactly. Right, well, I mean, those video packages, in my experience, can always halt the momentum of a show because yeah. the crowd looks at them and go, "Oh, they're not here." Eighty percent right. of those are trash. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, the rocks was great. Uh, right. Yeah, and I did. There were some real moments where Nestler saved it. You know, like when David Manning was like running the light more than Rodney King that night. Uh, <laughs> he just didn't give a fuck. That, those two guys were like going like this, pulling on his pant leg, and he's like, I'm getting this last story out. Oh, his, yeah, his, yeah. his opening line was, shut that clock off. Yeah. That was his opening line. Don't bother me with fucking time. Yeah. That guy's uh, hilarious, though, in terms of like not giving a fuck. Yeah, yeah. You got to figure like he's roll. He's been. He's probably been fucked over by Ric Flair. Like <laughs> only a buddy can fuck you. in so many times he's like, ah, you guys owe me a few minutes on his behalf. You know. I mean, you the know, work that- guy was literally pulling at his pant leg, going. <laughs> he was panicking, like he was having a seizure with both hands going like this. <laughs> Don't you know what this one means? <laughs> Goldstein's behind him, like pulling on his shirt, and uh, man, he was just like, uh uh-uh. uh. They almost gave him Brian Knobs cane. Yeah, yeah. right. Just right around <laughs> the neck. Uh, I love Casio's joke about the videos uh, where he said, uh, How do you know you, <laughs> you've passed your prime? Is when Chevy Chase sends in a video rather than showing up in person, you know? It's like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that, and that was such a mail-in from Chevy Chase. What do you do? Just give him the finger or something? Oh, brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was like a cameo or something. I don't even know that he knows who uh, Rick is, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It did look like a cameo. But we so we talked a little bit about the bully thing, changing gears. We talked about Bischoff doing the Manscaped commercial. Uh we um Vicky did great. I thought she was awesome. So did Wendy. Kid. Wendy did great because she got out of there. <laughs> right like wendy realized this is yeah. this is not going well i'm not comfortable i'm out and she pulled the cord and yeah she didn't stick around too long right but she's not a comic so it's not like you fucking you mm-hmm. bailed early like no if, if it's right. not if it's not going well get the fuck out of there because it ain't going to get better the problem with her was the mic uh was she wasn't uh aware of how to put the mic closer to her mouth and mm. like the two guys are kind of like not yelling at her but like giving her instructions and she, you know, you could tell it was confusing her, but uh, right. yeah, I mean, for, she did great for, you know, I mean, she's Ric Flair. She gets the fuck Ric Flair. She wins. End of story. <laughs> we'll flip over all the cards. Yes. 
is there is there a joke that you wish you could have gotten to? Uh, but because you know, I know we were all wrapped up pretty quick. Is yeah, well, one... here's a fucking joke that I gave to Bully that he threw away. What do you got? I said, "Oh, so good to be here with all of you people that are crawling out from under the bus." Ric Flair threw you under in his book. <laughs> <laughs> he did throw a lot of because he trashed all of them. He in did. The he did. Book, except knobs. Yeah, he's made you amends know. with everybody since that book, I think. Right, of but, course. But, like, yeah, he went to town on that fucking book. Uh, yeah. What about you, Earl? You got one? I mean, I became really close with Knobs through our 78 hours of phone calls. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to uh, give him I a thought, That was the first time you talked to Knobs at the beginning of this? Because by the end of it, you were like his fucking handler. He was like, talk to Earl. Talk to Everybody, Earl. listen, I got news for you. If you stopped, you were Brian Knobs' handler, okay? It's not like Earl was <laughs> yeah. special. It's just whoever stopped and talked to him. I said hello to him one morning, and he goes, I need a fucking ride back to my hotel, man. Give me somebody in charge. And I'm like, I'm just a fucking dick joke guy, dude. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I mean, I love him, but fuck, he's a lot of energy. Um, yeah. So I, I wanted to give him a little shit, but the guy wrapping me up, I'll be honest with you, he kind of made me nervous because, like, okay, I got to get, get to Rick. Uh, yeah. I wanted to look at knobs and go, you can finally say you have the body of Lex Luger. <laughs> oh man, that was a fucking fire! Ooh, by the way, uh, I cried when I bought this from Lex Luger. I bought a uh, Lex Luger doll, um, and he, dude, he could barely sign it. I mean, he was so like, I almost cried three or four times. Did you put? Did you put the pen in his mouth? I know. I put up his ass, and uh, yeah. Lex Luger I, has his own Hot Wheels collection. I, I, mean, I cried. Yeah. I cried as well. That was two hundred dollars for that fucking figure. I mean, uh, as a Jew, it ripped my heart out. Well, I think I asked you, "Hey, this is going to his medical expenses, right?" And uh, yeah, and I said, he, "I go. I think the whole thing's a Kaiser Soze. I think as soon as the table's done and he doesn't need to sign anymore, he just gets up and runs to his yeah. car. He blows his thumb and reinflates himself like Roger Rabbit." <laughs> Killer. Uh, what about you, okay. Tyler? I know they I rushed quite you a too. Few and I have them on on deck, actually. So yeah, what you got? <laughs> oh, baby. So okay. So the one that I had was uh, Rick. F- yeah. Um, just trying to think of this one. This one I didn't have it written down, but it was. Uh, oh, if if uh, Rick was wearing blue, I was gonna say like Rick for a second. I thought you were Vince McMahon. The way you're killing that blue blazer tonight. <laughs> and he wore red of course which That's probably was better for me uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh um i had a joke about how jimmy superfly snookers had more stable breakups than rick <laughs> i had uh, yeah i had a ahead. snooker reference too <laughs> it was in knobs i said if your career was any more middle of the road they would have found jimmy snooker's dead girlfriend on it <laughs> oh there's there's one that i thought of i'm like uh it was gonna be about someone who wasn't a comedian on the show like um i think i would have i didn't i would have done it if i was like later in the show but um you should learn from macho man randy savage and stayed in your own lane <laughs> oh nice so those are a couple of like really you know mean mean ones. I cut this one out just because of time because they're wrapping me. But I was gonna say DDP Yoga saved Jake the Snake. Meanwhile, Bush Bischoff is still trying to touch his toes, waiting for the twenty four inch python. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that was a good one. That was one of my John favorite. wrote that one. Um, I had I didn't get to this one. I after my Ty Domi joke, I was supposed to look over at Nestler and go, Brad, you know I'm kidding about this stuff, right? I'm kidding. And I go, oh, no, he's fully erect because the word kid is in kidding. Calm down, <laughs> Brad. <laughs> um, the Vicky Guerrero stuff I got, too. <laughs> David Manning. Um, yeah, for the most. Oh, and then <laughs> shockingly, I had another Brad Nestler. This one I liked. I didn't get to do. I want to thank Conrad for bringing us all here this weekend for this live action funeral. Um <laughs> And then the last one was, hey, Rick, did you know Brad Nessler can't have dairy? Not because he's lactose intolerant. It's because pictures of missing kids makes him come instantly. And uh, I thought you did that one. I think you did that one. 
or maybe I you did. told it to us. I think I told you guys that because yeah. I was I really I really like that one. Um, and then the, you know there was a dad that brought like his kid to to like this whole weekend, and That's I ran fun. into them and and he was like, I gotta tell you, he's like twelve. He's like, I gotta tell you, some of those jokes. I shouldn't have been hearing. <laughs> like, I'm like, take it up with your fucking dad. What the fuck are you bitching at me for? Yeah. Dude, I and I, here's one I had to cut because of Eddie George dropping off. Oh, I have uh, a few of those too. Yeah. NFL legend Eddie George is here in football. You ran for more yards in a season than the Guerrero family lawnmower. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> oh, here's one I, I had. One. Oh, sorry. Go no, I cut one about Tory. Uh, Wilson, just again for time, Tori Wilson. Um, you're like Tennessee barbecue, all your money comes from making southern retards drool. Oh, well, that's good yeah. and accurate. I like that. Fucking Earl, tag that shit, dog. It's fire. She's I, so nice. I, uh, I had one for Tori that I gave to that big fucking dum dum. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember if I wrote it or if Tyler wrote it or if we were like writing it together, but it's everybody thinks Tori has it easy. She doesn't. She went from fucking A-Rod to having one surgically implanted in her back. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great joke. <laughs> I love That's that funny. one. Um, At one point, you know, because I was trying to fill up fucking bully set like in a panic two days before the roast. So Tyler was funneling me jokes that other people didn't want. Right. So uh, one of those jokes is one Tyler did. It was uh, the one about calling a Brian knobs more like Brian nubs because he's about to lose his fucking feet to diabetes. I gave that to bully. And when Tyler did it, bully looked at me like, Oh, <laughs> I meant to tell you, man. Like fucking right, scratch it off if it gets close, you know. Yeah, and you said that he was that he wasn't going to use that one, so I took it back because it goes with it went with my other diabetes jokes about knobs, right? Right, so, right, right. There was yeah. one I wish I did about knobs that I thought of on the dais, but again because the prompter screwed up, I wasn't like I was operating on the fly a bit. So, but I was going to do the joke about how um, Brian Knobs has the cane. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon he's going to meet the Undertaker. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I like that. Um, <laughs> I had uh, Eddie George, Heisman, former Heisman Trophy winner, and you can't take that away from him unless you murder your ex-wife and a waiter. <laughs> <laughs> and I that's said, uh, Eddie's, Eddie has a bachelor's uh, degree in landscape architecture. Uh, this man, this poor man's been hit so many times. He thinks he's Mexican. Uh, that was the other one. <laughs> hey guys, I'm not married to it. Okay, I'm just trying. <laughs> Put a pot of coffee on. Let's fix this, guys. Um, <laughs> so, so I, the roast. Nobody got hit, right? Nobody got attacked. Everybody yeah. was happy at the end of the night. People did good, whether they killed or bombed. Everybody gave it their all. Everybody loved being there. Uh, you know, the, the ultimate irony moment is Ric Flair telling us go easy on the ladies. Uh, that, was, oh. that was fun at the end because I wish they would have went a little easier on the girls. <laughs> Are they 11? Are they fucking 11? Started the me too movement. What, right. Flair? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He really did. Flair's planting the me too flag at the beginning of this whole thing. Yeah. He's, you know, they- they, the, but the ladies on the show, they all held their own and did, you know, they were there. They knew what they were signed up for. And we all, yeah. we talked to the ones that, like, I wrote for, for Wendy and for Tori. And I explained, you know, people are going to be coming after you hard. And just imagine the most vulgar situation that it could be. Like, this is like right. a whole, a stage full of bullies with jokes. <laughs> and Tyler's so like a boxing trainer. That. He's like, yeah, he's like, instead of one, two, he's going, smelly pussy, small tits, small yeah. tits, smelly <laughs> pussy. <laughs> And, I mean, there wasn't too much backlash. We, talk, we were talking a little bit before we, we started recording, but uh, there wasn't too – there's a bit of – like, I don't know, online there's a little bit of um, people whining yeah. about some shit. I, I had one uh, wrestling uh, journalist try and throw me under the bus. He cut out, like, a little bit of the context of it and posted a clip of me doing the jokes about um, – I guess about uh, Flair's – 
Ric Flair's liver. Oh, uh, so the blackest black. thing on the stage. If right. it was any more, uh, if it was any, if it was any more black, deflated, and barely working, it would be Virgil. Yes, uh, hilarious he, he joke. Crushed, he, crushed. And he tried to say that like I was that I was being racist, and that I said that black people aren't allowed at the roast when he's taking a joke out of context. I was making yeah. fun of the producers for having a lack of diversity on the show. I said, yeah. Conrad Thompson. Um, told me before the show he wants the roast to be like the old Dean Martin roast of days gone by. So in other words, no black people. (laughs) And then I made fun of the cops in Nashville for styling and racially profiling. Like how, you know, like I don't, I don't see how that's racist. Well, you triggered Um, him Tyler. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think he's either trying to get, get clickbait off of it or uh, he's just like super woke and just heard, heard the, the key words, the And he clearly wasn't at the fairgrounds and didn't see Virgil, uh, both black and deflated. Uh, not only is that joke barely funny, working. accurate. Yeah, exactly. Straight just, up, though, like Virgil was partially there because of, you know, like Paige and I were pushing him. Like, I was like, Paige, you got to get Virgil on this. Yeah. And Paige like, I know I'm working on it. And we got Virgil there. And uh, I think I'm the only person who mentioned his name and gave him some currency in the room to sell some of his lunch boxes. So I what mean, the fuck do you want? You, from only, me? you, only, you only kids the you only kid the ones you love, and that's why I didn't have any jokes about Earl. What were you gonna say, Earl? Go ahead. Well, I love how Virgil was selling a lunchbox that he wasn't even on. Of course, even better. <laughs> Virgil's yeah. selling a lunchbox; he can't even afford lunch. Yeah. I know. He's like, like, buy your Virgil paper not that towels. One. All my belongings are in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. buy he your came... Virgil paper towels right here. <laughs> yeah. uh, Virgil, you're not on them. Uh, no, he came fine. up to me after too. Eh? He comes out, comes over. He's like, he's like, I heard you in there talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bully, bully walked in. And he walks in to the green room and he just has this look like he just smells something shitty, right? Yeah. And he's staring at everybody. It's comics and it's wrestlers. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, at his act. Um, So he walks in and instead of saying hello to anybody, he just goes through the other curtain into the wrestler's locker room because they were doing a wrestling show at the same time and just hung out there for like five, which I thought was very cool. It's a cool move, you know, because those guys... They're not mainstream guys by any means. So you're yeah. sitting there as a wrestler and Bully Ray comes in the locker room. I yeah. thought that was fucking cool. And then he comes hey, listen, back. You got to get your you got to get your self-esteem where you can get it. You know, you walk into a room. Nobody notices you. You're about to eat shit with a fistful of good material. You never bothered to learn. And you're like, where can I get some glow right now? Let me go over <laughs> into the fucking semi-pro change room. Would you, <laughs> If he challenged you to a fight, would you go? Would you would you fight Bully Ray, John? Like straight up one on one, just yeah. for my honor, no fucking yeah. way. <laughs> I was back a lot of that shit so fast. Now, if I was cornered, I'd fucking try and throw a shot sure. or something. But sure, no sure. fucking way, dude. Yeah, if he's if he's threatening to drop a car on your child, yes, you would fight back. Yeah, I get that exactly. <laughs> you're exactly. Saying the most extreme depends if the kids being good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my nephew, maybe not. <laughs> well, then, well, then Bully comes in, and uh, and and I go over to say hi. One of my friends is with him, and I'm no, I know Bully from the series days. And I go to say hi to him, and uh, and my friend goes, "You remember Shuli?" And Bully just goes like this. He goes, "No, I'm not right now." And he just walks away. <laughs> and I was like, and I love it. I thought, I thought it was that so was so funny. funny that when you told me that. It's so great. And, uh, <laughs> it's so disrespectful. Yeah, and then he comes over and he smiles and he's and he's. Uh, He's shaking my hand and he starts squeezing my hand really hard. And he just looks oh, at me, man. pulls me close and he goes, don't fucking bury me up there tonight, kid. And yeah. uh, and I just go, are you ready for me to squeeze back now? And he and he laughed and let go, thankfully, because I was, I was ready to start screaming like a nine year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Um, and yeah. And, uh, you know, he's he's surprisingly a very i mean to me he's a very nice guy he always has been but he's got this exterior of like you're just like i'm not talking to that fucking guy nope yeah i'm just staying the fuck away from him so earl has that he grabbed me by the shoulder and was like don't say anything stupid skakel and he (laughs) gave me that look when he put may young through the table <laughs> I saw hard, him, and you were hard as a rock. Yeah, oh, I, 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 I saw him. Vicky Guerrero, but I told you guys that already. 
Yeah, yeah well, you had to. I mean, those cans were, they were all right. I know. But by the way, I saw him do to you, Earl, what he did to me, which was maybe 10%, I would say 12% light chops on the chest. Yeah. And repetitive, like six or seven. And I got to tell you, at 10 or 12%, I, I was tapping out. Like, I'm like, first of all, yeah. he's got a fucking grizzly bear hands. So they're, right, they're, right, right. it's covering, you know, my entire chest. And he's literally just going boom, 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 boom. And I'm just like, please stop. In my head, I'm going, please stop. I, mean, I, I like how he's managed to work aggression into every single interaction that he has with people. <laughs> Never off brand, dude. Yeah, when he came out and he's asking for his car, he got the guy in a headlock and he's like, hey, you know where my car is and which one? No, I'm kidding. He didn't do that. I mean, the only two guys I think I could beat up from this weekend were Magnum TA and Luger. <laughs> Literal yeah. handicap match. You versus those two. Yeah, I almost cried when I met Magnum TA. I got to be honest with you. Like, that guy, yeah. you know, I'm probably the oldest guy on this call. So I, I remember him in his prime. I, I remember that too. I'm 47, so I remember the Magnum days, man. He was, he was... right up there with Flair. If you followed, yeah. you know, NWA or early early WCW. Well, he was he was being groomed, pardon the French, but uh, to be you know bigger than Dusty as far as a baby face goes. Like he was he was the shit, man. Yeah, I mean, he had great matches with like Nikita Koloff and mm -hmm. Flair, and like, dude, to see him in a wheelchair, like, yeah. I got overwhelmed. I had to walk away. So let me get you some water. And then I started welling up because I didn't want to cry in front of Magnum TA. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I felt that way by knobs too. Uh, but that's just because he was <laughs> yelling at me all the time. That's why I was ready to cry. Um, well, I was put in charge of making sure knobs didn't fall off the podium. Oh my God. We got to talk about knob goes, knobs goes up to, to do his spiel. And Earl is sitting a row behind. He's he's in the back row next to Bully, and he sees that that Brian is not on steady ground, right, Earl? Well, his left leg was his heel was hovering over the the, the little step, and the two guys, Goldstein and the other dude who were wrapping everyone up, were like looking at me, going like this, and and then I go to pick, you know, help him, and the guy's like, "Wait till he falls!" Like what? <laughs> <laughs> he's throwing you he's like the referee in a match trying to fucking choreograph this yeah. thing for you Earl, <laughs> like, you're early we worked this bump out earlier you're yeah, early you know i like please don't fall because then i'm gonna look like an idiot oh, the idiot behind him you know sold right. him out but, i would have uh, dropped three beers if he fell yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh yeah so earl is literally like he's positioned behind brian knobs like 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 a catcher with two mitts on. He's just sitting there fucking <laughs> just waiting. He's just waiting. Well, yeah, because he would like, and then his right foot started kind of coming off the podium. And I'm like, you know, Tyler was really probably better positioned to handle. <laughs> yeah. No, Tyler was done with his set. He was in drinking. Oh, bar. yeah. Tyler, Tyler was basking. He wasn't giving yeah. a fuck about. I mean, yeah. There was no, a little condition. table between me and Tyler. And I hadn't drank anything. And I looked down maybe after Bischoff, and there are literally six empty beer cans and three empty glasses. And those glasses weren't filled with water. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't a chaser, you're saying? <laughs> and I can explain that. I so, bet you can. Yeah. Yeah. They what are you going to do? Stand up and show us your gut? Yeah. Explain that. <laughs> they kept bringing the, the beer cans over and I'm passing the beer down and no one's taking them. They keep sending them back. So I'm like, oh, I guess I'll just drink them. Yeah, they kept none bringing of us are three alcoholics, Tyler. That's why we're working. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you Tyler, Tyler is the greatest functional alcoholic that I've ever encountered. Second to only Ric Flair. Wow. What a compliment. Look at I'm this. That's oh, huge. At the after party, you know, it's two in the morning. I got to get on a plane in like two hours. And I'm like, hey, man, I got to go. And Tyler hadn't even caught his second win yet. He, and he, <laughs> he's next Flair and all these slobs trying to fuck Flair. And, and uh, Tyler is a marathon man. Oh, yeah, dude. I was at the yeah. after after party. <laughs> he was, he's, he's out there cleaning Kid Rock's pool at 3 a.m. Oh, yeah. He was there, man. That was insane. Like, 
you walk into, I, I think I, I went and I grabbed a bucket of beer from the, from the front. Cause they, you know, they weren't sending them up fast enough for my standards. Sure. And then uh, <laughs> I was walking, I just start firing. The only complaint of the weekend. Beers were not arriving quickly enough. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Everything else. I hated Kid Rock a beer. And that was like, the moment of my life it's like when the mega powers collide <laughs> <laughs> the handshake heard around the yeah. world i did i did tyler's festival years ago and i don't fucking drink these guys are up at three in the morning i'm like i'm going to bed boys i go to bed i wake up to like get up and run or do something fucking productive tyler's already awake Oh, yeah. After drinking 25 beers the day before, this guy's already awake fucking running numbers or doing whatever he does. Yeah. His level of functional alcoholism is uh, a marvel. Oh, I was amazed. He wasn't staggering. He was having full, complete conversations. I mean, it was... Well, there, uh, were, there were a couple times where he, he looked at me to my left and I was to his right. But granted, <laughs> it was a long night. It was a long night. Yeah. And still kept up a great conversation. So what? He's looking at two of me. I don't care. I'm I'm there for the convo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm there for the hang. Um, now it felt great to be around comics that you respect and that you like doing this. And uh, and we don't have Dan here, but Dan was another one of the comics. I thought you were um, serving it up for me. I'm like, no, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah. Everyone, thanks. Um, be muted. Let's give the floor to John. Uh, <laughs> Cassio was great. For yeah, Cassio was cool. But for Man, going Cassio up, what was he? Fifteenth, I think he was like that. Was that was, everything was stacked against him? And, and Cassio, uh, Cassio truly wanted to be there with his heart and soul. I mean, he had that jacket made. Yeah, the yeah. jacket made. He offered to blow flare. There was a lot that that guy <laughs> wanted to do. Did he do the uh, knobs, Florida joke? Yeah, I think yeah. the the looks like a breast can a woman from Florida with breast cancer. <laughs> yeah, he survived breast cancer. Yeah, yeah. that shit made me laugh. I Ryan Knobs looks like a woman from Florida who just survived breast cancer. Fucking and, hilarious. And it guy. literally everyone on the stage just kind of looked at Knobs and then started <laughs> laughing. <laughs> it was yeah. so dead on. Yeah. What were we gonna that say, Earl? Awesome. I was gonna say anything. Well, then go oh. fuck yourself, then. What, what are you coming at me with well, an attitude for? Uh, uh, I thought it was a fantasy weekend for me. Uh, like like you just said, like all the comics were cool, all the comics killed. Yeah. Even like the one bomb maybe it wasn't as bad as people were making it out to be. And like how much were we treated like kings, all of us? Like what do you it want? Was a weekend. I mean, it, it, it was totally awesome. I'm not even a wrestling guy like you and Shuli are. But like I watched those guys, I watched all those guys in their prime, and it was like, what? A, and it, there was a couple of moments where I was like, man, I'm up here taking the piss out of these guys, who right. are like legends, who are like right. performing in front of thirty thousand seat auditoriums, like, ah! and here I am, calling them a fucking colostomy bag. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> I was talking to Bischoff about it, where I'm like, these guys are like our heroes. Uh, but it's different from athletes, right? Because athletes can cost you money. Athletes can trade and go, be traded and go play for a team that you hate. These guys were consistent. They, they, their image, their persona, it was the same all the time. And and they, they were just they were just monsters to us, man. They were just oh, yeah. fucking bigger than life, dude. Those guys. Oh, so, yeah. I to, mean, none to, of the. None of the chicks, because I don't respect that bullshit. But like, yeah, dude. it's like, re- <laughs> like wrestling in slow motion. If you're into that kind of thing, but yeah. okay, um, this skinny broad supposed to be able to beat up anybody? Come on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Seventy pounds coming off the top rope sounds good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow, they're all cunts. <laughs> <laughs> and the, and Earl was the most fun this entire weekend. There there isn't yeah, a time. Yeah, yeah. Earl comes up to me, whatever he says, I start laughing because he's just, he's insane. During the roast, when like, uh, when David Manning was up there just going on and on, I just look over to my left and, and he's talking to me the whole time through Bully Ray's face. Like he, Bully, Bully's <laughs> in between us and Earl could give a shit and he's just talking to me. He's going, let's wrap him up. Let's get the hook. Let's go. You know, doing- <laughs> this fucking guy's up there for four hours telling a story about 
him and Flair in a back roads of Arkansas in '82. It's like, no. what up, Holmes? By the yeah. way, that story didn't have an ending to it until he sent it to me. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, something in there. Dick pick as a uh, you know, it's a tension breaker. Yeah, right in the middle of the roast, I get a text from Earl. I look, it's a full frontal body and dick pic shot. I mean, I mean maybe the nicest I've ever seen. I got to be honest. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He piped it up a little bit. He, sque- yeah. he squished it up a little, you know. Oh, 100%, dude. Like, I take this stuff called boron. It puts all the blood flow right down there. And like, boron. Isn't that, a, isn't that on the element chart? <laughs> it is. That's like, like, it is. Tie the little... tassels around your cock like the ultimate warrior before he yeah. fucking runs to the ring. I tugged on it right before the picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was seventy percent hard. Yeah. Hey, it's no different than when they put an actor on a <laughs> There's no difference between putting an actor on a little box so he looks taller. That's all he's doing. That's fine. It's movie <laughs> yeah. magic, bro. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, yeah. And then we had the match, uh, which was like ridiculous to, to, I don't know. We all, I, I saw Earl there, Tyler, you were at the match. I saw you there. John, did you go? No, no, no. I'm, uh, I, I skipped the last match cause my dad's on his last breath, but you know, priorities. What a loser. Anyways. Um, <laughs> uh, I love the people complaining though. Now that the people are like, uh, I mean, he barely did anything. And it's like, he's 73. Like, oh what? My God. That walk down get, the ramp is Did he enough. get body slammed at any point? Because that would be a lot. Uh, what did he get? Suplexed, I right? Think he did. Yeah. I think uh, Jay Lethal might have uh, scoop slammed him once. Uh, one, of the, one of the best moves of the whole match is Jeff Jarrett at one point, which, by the way, I mean, you want to... Jeff Jarrett could be a heel in any fucking federation tomorrow. Put the belt on him, and he's doing better than ninety percent of the fucking people that yeah. that they got right now. I mean, he—you talk about heat. Fans were trying to jump over the fucking rails to come after him because he Stole threw his drink. Beer. Yeah, he took this guy's beard, he threw it in his face, and the guy wanted <laughs> to jump. It, it was fucking. It was beautiful. Oh, fucking awesome. Um, and but the move of the night is at one point Jeff takes Rick and he and he puts him up on the top rope for like a superplex and literally everyone in the arena was like uh, no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> please, get him off please, get him. and please. literally Jay Lethal walks in two seconds later and pulls him down off of there but and I think Jarrett just did that just to freak people out which makes yeah. him even more of a genius Listen, than he already is. he's not a young dude he's like 55 man 55 looks phenomenal looks and good. And I mean, heat for days, dude. People fucking hated him and his wife. Both of them were fucking great. What a con. <laughs> <laughs> that was all weekend. It was just. Yeah. Uh, I'm going uh, to break up. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good, man. We've all been there, dude. We've all been there, Earl. It's all right. You're with friends there. <laughs> no, it really was awesome. It really was cool to see all that. And. Get to be there and be a fly on the wall to one of the, you know, Don't most iconic wrestlers of all time to be there for his final match and be backstage. And I'm like, you know, getting to sit with his family and see how yeah. he is when he comes into the arena and he's loose and excited and seeing all these people for the first time. And however many years, you know, Arn Anderson and those guys are all there. Like it was just so bizarre to have that type of access. I, I mean, I think we're all going to wake up, you know, every day for the next week and think of another cool moment. Yeah, go, yeah. Like, you know, I just thought of uh, talking to Jay Lethal in the production office and he couldn't have been any nicer. And he, he was telling me some things about the match that were going to happen. And I could tell he was like a kid. He was like, I get to be Ric Flair's last opponent until the I next mean- that's phenomenal. Dude, honestly, I, I wasn't there. I only saw a couple of things on Instagram. There better not be a next one. That's all I'm saying. Dude. No, no. I think, I think it will be. Like, I, I don't know the interactions of the behind-the-scenes stuff, but I can't imagine uh, they didn't want Sting to be the last opponent. Why their- can't they get Flair in um, that, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger franchise with all the other has-beens? He'd fit right in there, man. Uh, yeah, absolutely. 
Oh, he should. You're right. You know the Expendables. The next, yeah. the next Expendables flares there, fucking, and his his he's an assassin that gets women drunk and then hits them with yeah. his dick. Fucking throw, throw throw him in that blazer yeah. in the Scarface room in front of a pile of coke and then like yeah. you know cut the guy a check and shoot him in the head. Yeah, and then what he fucking roar. Yeah, we do a Raiders of the Lost Ark thing. We just have him spin his dick super fast, and then we put a guy's face in it. Oh, I was—I thought you were talking about the Holy or the Holy Grail, where he lives forever. But yeah, okay, that too. <laughs> By the way, in our private chat, uh, Earl sent me a message. I'm horny as fuck right now in the private chat. <laughs> Because I see you guys, and I love all three of you, even though I don't know any of you that well. But like, <laughs> I get happy when I see you guys. Like, why can't this be how comedy is? Like, everyone's cool. No one, like, we were all rooting for each other, which is yeah. rare. You know, like, it, it, not only that, on Earl, this but, podcast. but yeah, <laughs> not only not only is that rare, but it happened in wrestling too this weekend, which was cool. You yeah. had all these companies that never work together, that never exchange uh, information or or people. Uh, really, not not on that extent, but like enemies, right? They they they're not right. they're not friends. And everybody came together. Everybody worked. You got Undertaker, Mankind sitting there in the front row. Uh, Bret Hart, you know, it was just wild, man. All these yeah. federations. It was like Woodstock for wrestling this week. Yeah, it, was it really cool. was. Yeah. All right, listen, I know, uh, Tyler, you got a hard out because beers ain't going to drink themselves. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, uh, go ahead, everybody. Start at, uh, or, uh, Tyler, we'll start with you. Plug whatever you want to plug. Social media, website, dates, whatever you got. Yeah, so uh, at Tyler Morrison123 on Instagram. Um, also, uh, Fight Stories Podcast Season 4 is going to be coming soon. John and I are working on that right now. Um, so you can check us out. Subscribe on YouTube uh, to my channel and uh, to Fight Stories channel. Check it all out. I got a stand-up special too soon on YouTube. By the way, I suggested an episode uh, of your podcast that I would like to be a guest on, John and Tyler, which oh. is... Uh, I want you guys, I'm going to send you guys some links to a little thing I used to buy on DVD back in the day called Felony Fights. You familiar with it? Oh, shit. Somebody sent me one of those. Yeah. And it was completely brutal. Yeah. So this is this is like what the time when Girls Gone Wild was was popping. All bum these fights. other like bum, bum fights. fights. So this this company got like prisoner like ex-cons that are fresh out mostly gang yeah. members and they would just bring them out into the desert and they would be one-on-one it'd be two-on-one it'd be weapons no weapons it, it would oh it's my insane. god we could totally do a felony fights bum fights breakdown let's do it can i yes. ask a serious question sure yeah. what would the race be of most of these fights <laughs> <laughs> next episode we'll get into that oh, next episode. <laughs> so uh, oh wait but the felony fights i remember one guy he goes man is this your first time fighting he goes yeah man that's my first time and then he proceeds to fucking beat the shit out of the other guy and he goes this is your first fight he goes nah man <laughs> just a fucking maniac hey this criminal's not on the up and up here what the hell <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, Johnny, yeah. what do you got to plug, my friend? Uh, I, I just released my third album, Super Spreader, so you can get that uh, everywhere that uh, that you download albums. People, you people putting your YouTube specials out there. I'm doing albums. What's up with that, <laughs> bitch? And uh, uh, comedian Jumbo is on Instagram. Yeah, check out Fight Stories, man. All right, boys, uh, I'm out. Later, Tyler. See you, pal. Earl, what do you got? I'm at Real Jeffrey Ross on all social media. <laughs> Uh, just at Earl Skakel everywhere and the Inappropriate Earl podcast. And if you like wrestling, the Comedy Store Wrestling. Love it. Nice. Love it. And yeah, yeah. Uh, jo Johnny, I'm going to be in New York in the end of September. I'm going to be there for like two weeks. So uh, oh, let's get together. Yeah, let's and, get on, uh, And Earl, uh, West Coast, coming soon. All right? I'm coming for you. Both you guys soon. And uh, just this is how it should be, man. Everyone's cool. No one's trying oh, to. Oh, over Like. We're all rooting for it. Why can't comedy be like this, man? It's a great question. It's, it's mostly question. because of me, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, hate well, you keep it real, dude, that you did a little joke about another person on the dais that, you know, you weren't pleased with what they did. You call yeah. it in front of everybody. That's yeah. how it should be. 
Yeah. 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 And and by the way, can I just say we're all getting along great as soon as Tyler left. So alcohol really <laughs> affects uh, relationships. I think is what we've learned here. Yeah. And one more thing, they're all fucking whores. They always want you know, <laughs> those cons. They want an inch. They give you the whole fist. You got an apartment. They want a house. You got a commercial. They want a movie. These fucking whores. <laughs> and on that we say goodbye ladies and gentlemen uh, thanks for tuning into the show yeah. show we'll see yeah. you guys soon rate review smash your fucking dumb shit face button and go fuck yourself uh,